Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Ladies, gentlemen, and everybody inside and outside of the gender spectrum, welcome back to Stardom Quest, the best weekly stardom podcast anywhere in the world. I am, as always, Alex, and I'm joined by Dylan. Uh, Dylan had a cookie. I don't know if he still has a cookie. I'm I do. Hoping... I do still have a cookie. Oh, I do. It okay. doesn't have a lot of chocolate chips on it, so I'm like kind of like not even wanting to eat it because it's like there are like two chocolate chips on this entire fucking thing. It's fucking bullshit. Um, I do have a cookie, though. I also have a monster. Um, I am the cookie monster. And this is um, Stardom's least favorite podcast, Stardom Quest. <laughs> you got in the, the least favorite podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm running with that. I'm running with that. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I've learned that uh, I, I, too, am actually a Joshi wrestler because I drink the pink monster. So, you know. <laughs> Dude, they got rid of my, the pink monster near my house. Because, like, I love that that one. It, I just, they just don't have it anymore. So I'm, it's like crack. Like it's yeah, legit it's amazing. cocaine. It's, amazing. Like, it's, it's a drug. <laughs> it's so bad. It's insane. But um, yeah, we are here to talk about uh, Yokohama Dream Cinderella, uh, 2021 in summer. You, you know, gotta got get those names right. Um, mm-hmm. So this is we're just gonna we're ugh, okay yeah <laughs> we're only gonna talk about uh, Yokohama Dream Cinderella here. We'll record as normal in a few days time to review the cork and, and preview some stuff and we're doing three three podcasts this week oh my god yeah Shit. that's a lot we're gonna hate each other by the time we get to vtg we can move we could move vtg back maybe because you know it is a busy week. yeah we'll 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 do that after anyway um so i'm going to give up trying to uh predict these uh attendances because the ticket sales for this show didn't look all that promising and then they ended up doing 1135 fans which is if i'm not like mistaken their best top number five, there isn't that like their top five number like ever <laughs> like might be they, i think they i think they did like one or two corkins around that number and then there was the two budokan shows so yeah it was it was like it's around top five ever attendance and it's mid-covid and it's that's that's fucking remarkable. Let's see. So number one is Stardom Fiesta 2013, Ryugoku, then All-Star Dream Cinderella, uh, Stardom Ninth Anniversary, Goddesses of Destiny 2018, Stardom X Stardom 2012. Um, yeah, this is probably top 20, I would Damn. say. Top 20? 
Wait, some wait, of those, it's some of these 11, like 12, right? 13 numbers are, are crazy. But yeah. yeah. 1135. I mean, one of the, one of the better numbers in the past couple of years at least. Since Bushi wrote here, I'd say it's like what, two? Yeah, cuz Yokohama. Yeah. 3, 3. Wait, what did Oda Ward do? Uh I mean, you don't have to. I, I, I know it didn't. Uh, yeah. It was 1240. Hmm. So yeah, this was like probably this is the third biggest uh of this era. So that's pretty big. Or maybe fourth, see... uh, depending on what you consider, because Year End Climax 2019 did uh, 1300 as well. Jesus Christ, dude! Like, I feel like COVID numbers have completely like just like messed mm -hmm. up my my brain's number thing. Because like, yeah, they they've popped Korokins that are more packed than this one in recent memory, but I just don't think like because it's like I see 1100 and it's like damn that's huge because like you don't really get 1100 unless it's in an older ward or in a Budokan. Um, in a, you know, big Budokan, not Yokama. Yeah. No, I gotcha. It's, um, and I think a lot of it is that, like, there's some of these numbers are from, like, early stardom where you wouldn't have followed it, um, where there was a lot of, like, retirement shows, a lot of crossover shows with Sendai, uh, when Miko was still kind of on top. So there are some numbers there that you probably wouldn't even take into account. Like, did you know that the Natsuki Tayo retirement show in 2014 did... 1,415 fans? You probably didn't. Um, no, I didn't. My, mom, my, my dog did. My dog did. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Your dog is very smart. Um, but yeah, anyway, I give up on trying to predict these numbers because I would not... I, I had said it on the podcast. I said, oh, maybe they'll dip under 1,000. Like, the tickets don't look that good. And then they do, I think, their best number at the Okahama Budokan. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But, I mean, that's pretty good. That's good. I mean, the, the card was... I, it's definitely coming off of a, a really huge um, show last month. Um, mm -hmm. I think that was probably a big indicator of it because it's like this was following the big Utami um, Shuri match, which while while overseas fans, it's definitely maybe a bigger like huge thing. But even in Japan, that was a pretty big you know shining moment for stardom. Uh, so, I mean, it's coming off of a lot. It's coming off of the big Oedo Tai stars thing where Oedo Tai sort of took control of the universe. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's coming off of a lot. Uh, it, it maybe didn't perform as well as last month, but then again, last month was like an all-timer show, so I can't really get mad at that. Indeed. Um, but yeah, we can get straight into the show unless you want to start maybe with the main event and what happened there. Um, it's up to you. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still sad about it. I think we'll start with it then, so that we don't end on a somber note, because it's it definitely works. something that uh, is difficult to, to process. So, um, we'll kick off with the main event and what happened there. Um, so I actually didn't see this happen, um, because I had to leave when they were doing like the start and grappling, and I was very upset having to leave. I was like, I'm gonna miss the fucking match. I'm gonna have to wait for the because I watched this on Samurai, so I was like, oh, I'm going to have to wait for everything to end so I can go back and watch it. I'm going to be spoiled. And then I saw a message from you and from Scott, and Scott was like, I'm speechless. And I was like, did they have Tora win the belt in, in, in five minutes? And then I asked you what that happened. That would have actually been insane. <laughs> it would have. But um, yeah, then I asked you what happened, and you told me that uh, Tora, Tora's knee blew. Um 
it's since then it's been revealed that she tore her ACL. So she just did like a diving foot stomp off the apron to, to Utami. And just on landing, her knee just gone. Ten minutes into the match, just yeah. completely routine spot, and her knee was fucked. Like, it's, it's crazy. And you saw it happen live, so what was kind of yeah. the reaction then? Do, like, I, you know, it's, it's actually kind of ironic, because, like, I looked away, and then I look up, and she, like, like, she was getting out of the ring, right? So she was just getting out of the ring like normal. I look down, and I look up, and she can't move. And I was just like, what just happened? I, I was in a chat with, with some of my friends talking while we were watching the show. And they were like, she she jumped down like from the ring to the floor and she just didn't get back up. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? And like, I, I went back and watched it. It literally was just that. It's like she just got out of the ring, you know, did a little, you know, stomp and she was out, uh, which was fucking insane. Because like when you, when you, especially when you put it next to what, what had just happened, she did a huge um, dive with the rose in her mouth and like, you know, did the big thing. Um, in fact, that entire uh, like moment, that the, the match itself was really fun and really interesting up to that point. Um, we could talk about it in a minute, but it's obviously a bit more important. Um, yeah, it was, it was really a freak accident. Like nothing, there, there was nothing there. It, it's similar to, um, and I actually brought this up before uh, that that we were talking. Um, it's similar to the AEW match, the women's match. Obviously, this was a lot better, but besides the point, um, where Rebel just you know went in and like broke up a pin, you know, stood back up and then collapsed because she couldn't walk and she had torn up her ACL, I think. So it was it was very similar where it's like such a simple routine thing that literally has happened, you know, ten times in the past week of wrestling. It just it, it completely ruined her entire knee, and she's she's out for months now, and it's it's really messed up. It's really sad. Yeah, and I think the the it was really tough to watch. I I don't know if you kind of had that same sense, but I mean, Natsuko was clearly in in pain, and they just stayed with it. Like the cameras were right there. Utami yeah. was selling, and it was just like dragging on and then Tora tried to walk and get up and she just like the pained noises were, were just a lot um, her in tears Utami with the most you know distraught look on her face it was just overall a very very tough situation to watch like it was it's just so hard because I mean th- this woman is, is genuinely truly in, in so much pain her knee is, is you know Torish tore ACL. This is the biggest match of her career, and she's probably upset that it had to end that way. And Utami just is what again, as I said, she looked distraught. Like it just was very upsetting uh, just to see it. Yeah, um, she Natsuko was very angry. Um, that that was my immediate thought was while she was you know obviously in pain, she was very angry and upset because uh, she was. Um, and again, I, I brought this up. Uh, on Twitter, and I brought this up to you the second that it happened. I brought it up to Parker um, afterwards that it was it was very similar to um, Hokuto, who you know in in ninety in nineteen ninety uh, we we went through this on VTG. We talked about it. Um, she fucked up her her knee really bad in the middle of the Grand Prix, um, and she like was was in pain clearly. But then she ended up like forcing herself up and screaming at people to let her keep going. And she and everybody's like, dude, you can't you can't walk. Like we're not doing, and I, I felt like the, 
for a second, Nasuka was sort of like that, like where she was just screaming, like, like, please don't make me stop. Um, she was fucking screaming at the doctor. She was screaming at everybody. And then after a while, it just became like, nah, she can't. Like, it's not even, it's not even something that you, you can just like power through. She just literally could not do anything. Um, and, and Hokuto's injury ended up being less than a full ACL tear, but just the, the scream and the like anger of like, the anger at herself and the anger at the doctors from stopping her and the anger at just everything was really it was a lot to to watch um and it really it did hurt a lot because it's like as much as i will you know make jokes and whatnot about you know a way to tie and you know my displeasure for some of their stuff nasco is one of the best and most entertaining wrestlers in the company she's incredible like just like i was saying the match for the first 10 minutes at least was going to be really 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 fun um she did great and you know utami obviously did great too like it was it was a great time and natsuko is really really good at what she does so it's really a shame that um that her the biggest match for career ended up like this um do you do you want to get into a little bit of the of the match before because i i do have a couple things to say about it because i thought it was a good match the 10 minutes at least yeah, I mean, if if you want to take it away, uh, the the ten minutes yeah. wasn't really a lot, but I know they they were very promising signs. Yeah, so like I I was watching it, and it's like you kind of expect it to start out immediately with the away to tie shenanigans, and then to calm down. Um, again, we don't know what would have happened in the in the second half because you know, unfortunately, the injury happened, but. The first few minutes, Natsuko was just being a good wrestler. She was just, you know, doing a lot of good grappling, doing a lot of, like, promising stuff. And she was just sort of, like, like taking up Utami's challenge, where Utami this entire time has been like, bro, 1v1 me. 1v1 me like a like a real like a real wrestler. Like, like you know, let's see who's stronger. Come on, bro. Like, you could do this. Come on. You don't got to do all that bullshit. Come on. 1v1 me. 1v1 me found us nation, bro. Like, it, that was that was the entire gimmick. And then Natsuko would be like, nah, I'm just going to hit you with this pipe. Um, and... Then Natsuko actually took up her challenge, and she did all of the, you know, typical wrestling stuff. She was great at it, because of course she was. Um, they did a little bit of power stuff. Um, Utami ended up slightly getting an edge on her, and then as soon as she did, Oedotai just grabbed her out of the ring and started beating the shit out of her. Um, and that was actually one of my favorite parts, was when Oedotai got her out of the ring and started beating her up. Momo, who was on commentary, was like, nah, I'm fucking done with this. She takes off the fucking the, the headphones, goes over, and beats up every single member of Oedotai on her own <laughs> like she just goes up and starts beating the shit out of them and it's like hey utami you okay and utami's like yeah I'm, I'm fine and she just beats them all up and then natsuko does the table spot and it was really good like i don't know that was just funny that that mama was just sitting there on commentary and she's like you know what i'm sick of this shit she just beats up every member of a way to tie azumi was also there but it was mainly momo beats up every member of a way to tie and then natsuko and utami go at it again um and yeah and then Natsuko did the table spot. It looks great. She had the rose in her mouth. It was like a really good visual. It was really cool. Um, she is really just a cool wrestler. And then, uh, yeah, then the injury happened shortly after. Um, Utami got on the mic. Um, I had Darren. I was talking to Darren. He's a great guy. He actually just had soldier surgery, so hopefully he's doing well. Um, he, he knows some Japanese, and so he was sort of like translating us, it for us, and um, Utami basically just said that she will plan to keep the belt until Natsuko returns, and then defend it against her promptly um, before leaving the arena just completely distraught and dejected. Um, because this was probably her last defense. Um, I know we aren't going to mm -hmm. get into five-star booking and whatnot, all that, you know, like right now, but looking at 
the the prospects, I don't think that she win, that she keeps it post GP um, very long. So it, it is really sad because you know coming off of that Utami Shuri match and coming off of Utami's just really great reign overall. Um, this very likely was her last um, successful defense. Um, so it, it really does suck for her and obviously for Nasco. I think that can't be stated enough, but it really sucks for everybody involved th- that it ended this way. Yeah, I think um, Utami was definitely the part that, that almost upset me the most. Like, she is just a very... Like, this is very weird because we've definitely ragged on her for a similar before, but she's very emotive in times like this. Like, you just... There was a thousand emotions going through that poor woman's face at once, you know, like, and, you know, we've, we've, we know from all the shoot interviews and stuff that she does that she has a lot of insecurities about her spot on the card. So, I mean, God knows she was probably trying to blame herself. She was probably upset that she couldn't be the main event that the company needs. She was probably upset that, as you said, this is probably her last defense and this is how it ends. Like, I, I, I feel, I felt so bad for Utami as well as, Natsuko because I mean it can't be it can't be a pleasant experience having your opponent get injured like that I can't even imagine what was going through her mind and just the look on her face said it all really like the, the I felt so bad for Utami as much as obviously all of the care and empathy is with Natsuko Tora because she's the one who got hurt I, I definitely felt very very bad for, for Utami in that moment just Every time they'd cut to her face, like she just looked so, so distraught, and um, I can only imagine what was running through her mind at the at the time. Yeah, it was it was it was hard. Um, I feel like it was, like you said, Utami. If you read her shoot interviews, you definitely do get a sense of like who she is as a person. Um, and in fact, I don't know if you ended up reading it, the long form she did with um, with that one female interview who interviewers going through all of the storm wrestlers uh so she did uh cosmic angels first then mayu then julia then utami i think so she just did utami recently um and it was a long form interview and he was like like even the interview interviewer was like you you can tell that there's something that utami is hiding when she's talking to you um she's a very stoic person but there's definitely a lot to her um and i think that's very um emblematic in her wrestling and in her wrestler like persona, um, that there is a lot going through her mind, even though on on the surface she's just the coolest and just like very you know calm and very ready for anything. And it's like uh, she she does have a lot of you know insecurities about her spot in the card. She has a lot of uh, feelings that she she needs to be better um, than she is, and feelings that she needs to um, improve at at a dramatic rate. That um, maybe I don't, I don't know if even you know, wrestlers should try to hold themselves up to. Um, but she she has held herself up to that. And with the championship thing and with this being the, the possible end of it, I could definitely see that she was just very um, not okay. And also you think about it, you know, she hasn't gotten to main event all of these shows with the world title, uh, which is definitely um, something that I imagine hurt her. In fact, I, I know it hurt her because she talked about in a, a couple interviews that it hurt when she wasn't picked for the main event. Um, it's just like, you know, only second or third time that she's, well, I guess fourth time that she's main evented um, with the red belt in, in a pay-per-view setting. Um, and it, it definitely, you know, it sucks that it ended this way. 
Um, and it sucks for, for Natsuko, obviously. We, we send all of our best wishes to Natsuko because without Natsuko, I'm, I'm concerned for stardom because as we've been talking about for weeks, Natsuko has been sort of the center of everything. She's been the center of the universe. She's had her hands in everybody everybody's bowls and just, you know, um, sort of was the, the shit starter in the entire company over the past couple months. Um, and without her, I don't know who takes that mantle. I don't know if anybody can. I don't think anybody can, quite frankly. Um, so we, we obviously wish her the best on her um, on her journey to recovery and all that. But it was just overall a terrible situation. I, I kept saying, um, worst case scenario, this happens. Worst case scenario, this happens. In in the, the, the build up to the show, this was the worst case scenario like very undisputedly because mm -hmm. it just really sucked. It really sucked to see. And it really did make me very sad. It made everybody very sad that Nasco, um, this big shot, you know, her big red belt opportunity um, ended like this. Yeah. And you, you made a good point there towards the end. And I was going to bring this up, but like, I think of all the people to get hurt, Natsuko is one of the worst that could have, if that makes sense. Like, uh, yeah. because, Ever since B left, she has basically been the face of everything that is Away to Tie. Like, Away to Tie is this big blob of people, but Tora is clearly their commander. She is the one pulling the strings. And without her, it's like, well, are they, like, is, who is going to naturally step in and be an antagonist to DDM, be an antagonist to Tami, be an antagonist to Stars, uh, be an antagonist to the Cosmic Angels? Because all of that was Natsuko Tora. You know what I mean? Like, uh, she was the voice behind them. She was the one pulling the strings. She was the one who clearly had the agendas. And it's it's going to be interesting to see who, if anyone, they put in the spot to say, well, okay, you are now a commander that now that Natsuko isn't here. Um, and I think this going to be interesting. But it's definitely, like, I don't think a way to tie without her is going to be as good because I feel like they had really clicked under her vision. Or lately because obviously i mean they've been getting a big push you know what i mean like the her their vision for what a way to tie was going to be was clearly coming to fruition and she was a big part of that because as we said like she was always the one doing the talking and she's a very good promo and she was able to kind of keep these stories all going and i don't know if there's anybody else who can do that so i feel like of all the people to get hurt outside of like an utami or a suri Natsuko is almost the worst one, just because she is everywhere, and she is so present, and she is basically the entire identity of a way to tie, almost. Yeah, for sure. Um, that, yeah, it's it's going to be hard. I know Saki said that nobody's going to take her mantle as, like, the leader, and it's just going to be uh, a group without a leader for a bit, um, which, you know, doesn't spell good things for a way to tie. Um, I, it also brings up the point that's like I think my, Mikey brought up that it's like once she comes back, she's gonna be like one of the like it's gonna be huge. Like people are gonna really be happy that she's back. Um, so what are they gonna do then? Because obviously, you know, Oedotai has sort of become that like you know super evil bad guy mahaha um, to to my dismay. But that's not the point right now. Um, I, I spelled Twilight wrong. I'm sorry. I I have I have OCD. I like I looked at my notes and I saw one word spelt wrong and I was just like I can't do that. Um, so, sorry. Um, all right. But but when Natsuko comes back, like she's going to have a certain level of like not baby faceness to her, but she should have a certain level of like love to her because everybody's gonna love that she's back. I don't know if they're gonna do anything with that, but I'm interested in seeing how Oedotai one 
evolves while she's gone, and two, what Oedotai in that culture is going to be when Natsuko comes back. You know what I mean? Like, over time, how are things going to evolve, evolve and how is Natsuko going to come back? Like, for example, Starlight Kid. I, and you, like, we, we were thinking that's like, oh, Starlight Kid's going to be in stars in like a year. Well, without Natsuko, like, Kid is just going to be there with, with, you know, obviously with other characters to work off of, but it's like, she can't, she can't just be in a way to time. And then as soon as Natsuko comes back, she's like, okay, I'm leaving now. Like, it, like that, the story is, has, I don't know how a lot of these things and how, you know, the Micah joining Oedo Tai that hopefully wasn't going to happen, but like how that's going to work out, how a lot of things that Natsuko had her hands in are going to work out without Natsuko. Um, it's possible, and we'll get into this a little bit later, that they just hot shot Starlight Kid into the white belt um, position, and Starlight Kid is just randomly this fucking god. Um, I don't know if that is even remotely what they they want but i could see it maybe but i don't know they, they have a lot of things that they have to figure out what they're going to do i mean hell the five star what are they going to replace her with like lady c maybe but it's like i have a feeling they were very specifically not having lady c involved because she has not won a match ever um mm-hmm. so i don't know i don't know I'm, there's a lot of uh a lot of questions coming out of her injury, but all we could do right now is is wish her a, a good recovery and um, hope for the best with her because she definitely will be missed in these shows. Definitely. And uh, before we move on, I think you you you, you made a good point uh, that it's going to be very hard to hate Natsuko Toro when she comes back. Like we've seen her at her lowest. You know what I mean? Like we saw her in tears, sobbing because of this big opportunity taken away. It's hard to stay rooting against somebody like that. You know what I mean? Like when you've seen somebody at, like that, it's hard to just go, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I still want them to lose or I still hope that they get their comeuppance. It's like, well, no, I kind of want her to win. I want her to have success, you know? Um, so it's going to, yeah, yeah, it's going to be how they eventually play that. And but I, it's definitely going to be hard. I think the worst to, thing they could uh, do, the worst thing they could do is is try to like a, double down on it where it's like okay well i'm just gonna be like I, I, i'm gonna get disqualified in five seconds so you guys can't enjoy me it's like no don't do that because like when she comes back we want to see her wrestle like there, there's like i said obviously an acl injury is nothing to fuck with it's gonna be a while before we we um get the chance to you know see this come to fruition but she has to something has to happen because she is when she comes back she is going to be a really big uh deal like you know undisputedly indeed um but with that we have to get on to the rest of the show um i thought this looked i thought the venue looked really good and i will say that that's one thing that stardom has done really really well um i don't want to assume anything but i imagine that it's it's bushy roads investment maybe or just that they're making more money so they have more to, to reinvest into the production but the production of these shows always looks really good, and I thought this one was fantastic. Um, they aren't like super rich or anything, but I think they really make the most of what they have, and uh, they really make the most of each setting. Um, and I thought the venue looked great for this show. Did you think that the the production was pretty good for this as well? Yeah, I was actually like, I I didn't I couldn't know for sure. I was watching it on my phone because once again, my oh my computer's working. That's nice. Um. But my computer was not working when I was wa- when I was trying to watch it, so I watched it on my phone. So it was—it's not like I could like see very clearly. 
really, but it looked like it was fucking packed. It looked like the production value, like you said, was really good. They had a bunch of pyro and shit. Um, some some par- points felt like it was a bit unnecessary. Um, I, I think it was was it Mina who had like a shit ton of pyro for whatever reason. Um, I, f- I forget, but just like sometimes the pyro was like, huh, that wasn't okay. You do you, I guess. But um, it, it definitely the overall production definitely felt um like it was on a higher level. Um, and it was it was definitely a a good show in that regard. Um, I have not heard many things about the the commentary, the English commentary at least. Um, I know last month people weren't too fond of it, but uh, I'm not sure how that went down because I did end up watching the Japanese feed. Um, but yeah, overall I think the the production was definitely a highlight of the show. Um, yeah, so we agree. Anyway, the the production for the for the show was pretty good. Um, it's definitely one of the the main kind of points that I would see that I have seen of improvement in stardom. And again, I don't know if that's a Bushy Road thing or if they are just making more money and therefore are able to reinvest more, but it's definitely a plus, you know. Uh wrestling doesn't need high production values. Uh obviously like wrestling is wrestling or where regardless, but it definitely helps when there's a, a nice production and a nice setting and good cameras and stuff like that. But um the opener of this show was a tag team gauntlet. Uh, the Uedo Tai team of Fuki Death and Konami. Uh, they last pinned Lady C and Micah, who beat uh, Rina and Saki Kashima, who themselves eliminated Hanan and Hina. That was a mouthful. Um, yeah. Um, yes, it was. We we started the night with with Ringstar. Um, H A N A N Hananu. Yeah. Um, or yes, it's not yeah, it's yes. I forgot. Um, yeah, I, it was it was fine. Um, Saki and Rina, like the the first thing, like so. I, my first note was of course uh, Ring Star, let's go. Um, then my second note was Saki and Rina bringing the heat. Um, and yeah, that 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 was that was pretty much it. Um, Rina pinned Hina with the Bushi Roll. Uh, Lady C and Micah. Oh yeah, Lady C and Micah. Their their entrance was fun. Um, I was going to make yes. a terrible joke on Twitter, but then I was like, eh, it, it's too close to 4th of July, I can't do that. Um, but they, en- they they made their entrance uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, with I think you'll, you'll probably be able to tell what the joke I was going to make, with, um, you know, the Sky Towers, woo, um, Himika, who's injured, she came out, and so did Lady C, they did the little tire pose, and then, <laughs> and then Micah went like an airplane through their, through them, and then was like, yeah, it's the three of us, um, and I was, it was going to be really funny. I'm not going to say it, but it was it was it was funny. It was funny to me. Dylan, please stop trying to get us cancelled. I cannot deal. I do not want weird. Okay, I'm saying it. No, hating no, no, us. No, I'm, joking. I'm joking. Okay. All right. I don't know how. I don't know where it was, to go from there. <laughs> good. It was good. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. It was really funny. Um. I just, I just broke down laughing when I thought of it. Um. But yeah, Micah pinned Rena with the Anka and Toshi. Uh. First win. Kinda for Lady C ever. First time she has been on the positive on a positive side of a winning fall. Um, even though it wasn't a winning fall. You get what I mean. It was it was it was the positive side of a fall, because it wasn't a winning fall, but it was a fall. So the first time that she's been on the Yeah, so that was cool. Um then then death then Konami comes out with her clown slave. Uh, with with an actual leash now, uh, they used to have like this fucking like, what was it, a scarf? They would just tie around Death's neck as a leash. Um, mm-hmm. Now they have an actual chain leash. Um, they beat the shit out of Lady C with it. 
um then they did some some cool stuff blah 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 blah, blah. lady c got death with a big ass choke slam um and then death pinned up pinned lady c with o'connor roll that that was it okay um yeah the it was definitely an entertaining match i think the the gauntlet style helped them keep things going and keep things fresh um which is always the benefit of doing a match like this um as you said yeah. lady c got her first uh um, mini mini yeah. victory is there a delay now like, is there a delay in our audio yeah the, the, i i can barely hear it. hold on let me oh god okay are we doing better i think so because I, I i i learned because I, I realized, you know how I realized that my computer was working? I think that my computer was sucking up all of the Wi-Fi, and then mm -hmm. my phone was just dying. Um, so I think that was the issue. I see. So I, I, turned my, I turned my computer's Wi-Fi off. So now I think it's better. So you can hear me now? I can hear you perfectly, yes. That's good. Um, so yeah, entertaining match. Um, Lady C got her first mini victory uh, when Micah got the, got the pinfall for their team. Um, so it's interesting that Lady C's first kind of W uh, came uh, while teaming with Micah. And not to get too much into it, but I know Lady C is teaming with DDM a few times on the upcoming shows. So it seems more and more likely that she's going to join DDM. Um, he also teams with Cosmic Angels though at one point. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. There's going to be a fight for, for the Lady C. But yes. um, yeah, Death got the ultimate win because they do like to keep Fuki and Death very strong until tag league season comes around and then she usually just takes every pinfall that she can because uh i don't know i guess it's uh that's how they do it it works though i mean nobody gets hurt by getting rolled up by death so yeah you know memento mori gotta remember indeed um the next match on the show um actually more important than that match starlight kid debuted new gear and new music and she just looked like a, a star like everything about her presentation is insanely good. Like they it was so it weird. Like it was so like I like I like I agree, but like I just saw it and I was like, this feels just so confusing. Because like as like and I'm you're you're the same way. Because like we not that we started watching around the same time, but we did roughly. So it's like Starlight Kid has always been Starlight Kid. Like nothing has changed about her except she got a little bit more like you know better with talking and a little bit better with wrestling over the past like year and a half but nothing has ever changed about her so this drastic fucking change and her is coming out with like the full pose and with with everything with the music like it was just fucking insane like i was just like that's like even even her fucking her gear this is the first time she's worn uh i mean they're not like long pants like they're actually like I don't know, but this is the first time that she's worn like long pants before. So I was just like this like everything about this just looks like so weird and different, but it was good. Um for the most part. I know that once once the match started, Starlight Kid immediately started pulling hair and I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna be fun. Um but it ended up a good match. But yeah, it was it was fucking insane, bro. Yeah, no, I mean I feel like the kid just without us even realizing, needed something like this. Just a change of scenery and a new outlook to really unlock her top potential. Because I feel like she could have been well-pushed in stars, but now I'm just like, oh, if they don't push her tomorrow, they're stupid. You know what I mean? Like, she just... I don't know what it is, but she just looked so cool. She looked so much more like a star. Like, she just came off like she was a, a big deal. Um, 
And that's what you really want for somebody as talented as Starlight Kid. And it doesn't seem like her going to a Uedo tie has made her any worse of a wrestler, which is good. Um, because, you know, having her and Konami there to and Saki is, is a pretty great trio, if I do say so myself, as far as Uedo tie tag matches are going to go. So, you know... The only person on this podcast talk saying that, yes. But go on. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, the match itself, I thought I, I quite enjoyed it. Um, the opening yeah. work with Kid and Azumi was was quite good, and I thought Kid definitely showed out in in throughout the match. Like she just has this new confidence to her in her performances that really stood out to me. Uh, I don't know if it stood out to everybody else, but I definitely just thought she looked like she knew she belonged uh, in, in this match. And you know, her and Azumi stayed working really, really well together. Uh, Momoas were, as always, really, really good in this match. And to be honest, the finish was kind of surprising because I thought, you know, the new uh, kid pinning Azumi would be a good indication of her kind of stepping up. But instead, uh, Azumi rolled up Raka. And in hindsight, that kind of makes sense because Momoas are kind of... They're almost like the gatekeepers of the tag division. Like, they're always going to be in and around the, the top of the, the, the division. But, you know, even when they're not in the tag title scene, they're an important tag team that, you know, are kind of a measuring stick of the division. So, it, you know, they should be beating a teenage Ruaka and her brand new tag partner in hindsight. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Yeah, it was, it was kind of funny because, well, there's a few things I want to talk about this match. But for the finish, um, it was a really good closing stretch. And then um, it was Ruaka and kid were just beating the shit out of Azumi. Um, Ruka ended up getting the, the fridge bomb on her, and she picks her up and it's like, I'm going to hit her with the fucking bag, guys. And she takes out the bag, and she goes for the bag hit, and then Momo is just like, nah, bro. And, you know, Azumi dodges, and then they both beat up Ruka a little bit. And then Azumi <laughs> is just like, like, oh, so I see you guys got a new push. I see that there's a bunch of things going on for you. Um, We're making some sushi, bro. Uh, so Azumi got the Azumi sushi um, for the win. The Azumi Zushi. That's a, that's because, so this is a complete, you know, sidetrack, but so apparently you're supposed to pronounce it Azumi Zushi, like with a Z, like a zoo, you know, oh. like Zushi, but it's so hard to say, like, it's not, I mean, it's not that hard to say, but it's like Azumi, like, it, it feels like it's like a lot more like fair than an S, like Azumi Zushi, like it's, it, it doesn't roll as easily, but apparently that's how you pronounce it. Besides the point. It was a good match. Um, at one point, one of my favorite parts of this match was Kid was like just like kicking like Momo in the head or whatever, and like she did it like one too many times, and Momo just looked at her and just gave her this look that was just like you're gonna you're, you're gonna get fucked up, bro. Like I'll I'll, I'll know what you got what you're thinking you're doing. And then after that, Momo kicked the shit out of her and then started stretching her with the fucking um crossface chicken wing, and then um dropped her on her head with a new Ernag. It was great. Like just the fucking the the fucking emo children just pissing Momo off and after a minute Momo was just like you know what now nah, we're doing we're not doing this anymore and she has beat the shit out of her so yeah good match um honestly overall probably one of my favorite matches of the night um it, it in terms of like net positives where it's like I didn't see anything wrong with this one outside of um early on I felt like kid was like purposely doing like the the heat things and it didn't come off as natural but over time it became very very natural and it became very just like oh yeah she's just being a dick because she's a dick um which was fine um so yeah i I probably enjoy this match more than like most of the other ones so good good shit good shit indeed fair enough um the next match on this show then 
Um, I should also say, after the match, Static Kid was like, yeah, as you can see, I'm completely a member of Uedo Tai. Uh, this wasn't in a promo, this is in the backstage comments. Um, so she is all in on the Uedo Tai, uh, which is kind of what we were looking for when we, because when we previewed the show, we were like, they really need to do something with this uh, Starlight Kid storyline, because it just isn't exciting. Um, and they were like, here you go, bitches, have everything. So, you know, they proved us wrong. Going, oh, yeah, her music's also a banger. By the way, yes, it is. That that yeah. Her whole presentation is awesome. Honestly, like it's just everything about it is is amazing. But um, yeah, the next match on this show was the Future of Stardom Title Tournament Final. Uh, Mina Shirakawa beat Unagi Sayaka after 16 minutes. I didn't even realize this went 16 minutes. Um, I feel like I've seen a lot of people say this is this wasn't bad, but it also wasn't good. Like it just kind of existed almost you know it was such a strange match because they kind of wrestled it like every other match even though in the build-up you had mina straight up insinuating that unagi slept her way to the top or something like in a shoot interview um yeah i know that was corrected by uh the dragon moon guy but it still seemed like she was being a bit mean like oh yeah you kind of kiss up to the boss yeah dude, i was like it, it was right, funny okay it was funny because, because like originally it was like Mina say like the way that was worded. Mina was just saying, "Oh, she has slept her way to the top." And then Dragon Moon was like, "Okay, let me let me preface this." Mina says that she acts like she slept her way to her top, and she feels like she might have slept her way to the top, but she didn't actually. And it's like that doesn't that doesn't make it better. <laughs> like I mean, like it's it's you know. Um, but um, at the end of the day, Big Man did not make it happen because uh, Mina won. Yeah. And like they could have had a good match here, but they just didn't. Um, yeah, there was good parts to it. Like I really liked there was somewhere like Unagi would have Mina in the corner, and she would just like punch her and punch her and punch her, and wouldn't stop. And I thought that was cool. Um, but all the other bits, like the grappling, the the you know mostly the grappling <laughs> um, and the rest holds and stuff, they just they weren't all that good. Um, yeah. This was a bad match. It just kind of was there. And you can't really ask more of the two of them because they just aren't at that level yet. Um, so yeah, that was that was the match. I don't know if you have any more comments. Like it just existed. Uh, maybe you want to yeah, track so, it. So uh, Mina Mina hit the capo kick, which is one of those moves for me that like anytime I see it, I'm just like, hey, that's good. Um, like like fucking undisputedly, like 100. Like at any time, like same with like tombstones, is that like if you hit that in your match, it's already a tiny bit better. Just because I love that move so much, okay. it's the same thing. It's the same thing with the with the capo kick. So I, I appreciate Mina hitting that. Um, other than that, I I I don't have many memories of this match that were, um, especially ones that were positive. I don't really even have any negative ones either. I just remember that it it happened. Um, I remember I was trying to poop during this one. Um, so I was kind of focused on that. Um, but I was watching it. I watched the entire thing. So don't don't get on me, Twitter. Uh, yeah, Mina won a tournament for a title that she can only hold for 32 days um and you know like 10 of those days are going to be during another tournament um and the other days are already planned out she does not have any defenses planned why are we here <laughs> like i don't get it like maybe she defends yeah. against lady c at some point like maybe they changed the card like but we know pretty much all of the cards up until what like the 21st then there's only like seven eight days before the tur the five star starts, 
and then there's three days where she has to fucking vacate it. Like, what the fuck? What are they doing? Yeah. So the the Takadano Baba card on the seventeenth isn't announced yet, and then I think there's the Cork and the weekend before at a GP that isn't announced yet. So at the but... very most, a defense against Lady C and against a defense against Hanan or something. Like, oh man. Yeah, she like in her post match promo, Mina was like, "Oh yeah, I know I only have thirty days with this, but I want to defend it and I want to raise the prestige of the belt." And Stardom said, "Lol, fuck no," and has not done that. And they just have her in normal matches, by my estimation. Anyway, I looked through the cards; I didn't see any future Stardom title matches. This is and- like the only time. Sorry, this is like the only time I would like. I am. I'm demanding for Mina singles matches. Like what? Like put her put her in a gauntlet. Like make her wrestle all of the highs, all of the future like contenders. Like and just defend it six times. Then you're the greatest future champion of all time in thirty days. Not that hard. Like Jesus. The way I probably see it going is that uh, the Cosmic Angels are defending the the artist belts tomorrow, and I th- think they will probably lose. And that will set up Unagi versus Mina. This will probably, probably be out. Anababa. This will probably be mm-hmm. out by the time. This will probably be out by the time. Uh, the oh, yeah, probably. The so oh, cool. People will know whether we're right or not. Um, but yeah, I think because Unagi basically indicated that she wanted to challenge Mina after the match. I know I'm like I don't have a perfect translation, but it was kind of like, oh, if you want to defend it a lot, like I can be your first, you know, challenger. Oh yeah. Yeah, Darren. Darren did tell me this part. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Unagi kind of challenged Mina, and then Mina's like, "You should challenge um Sherry." to do that instead and then Unagi's like okay I guess and they left and then later in the night um that happened but yeah so so that's that's why I got was that uh Unagi's like I mean I could face you and then Mina's like yeah you should face Shuri like go 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 do your own thing pal <laughs> that was sort of funny to me yeah no I they're, they're obviously like the Unagi's probably gonna challenge her um and be the only challenger um and they'll probably put the belt on Unagi then and if so, then this was all just stupid because I don't see any reason to do this. Um, I guess if you want to present the Unagi and Mina as like equals, then that's whatever. But that's you shouldn't do that. Like Unagi is clearly has so much more upside. Like Unagi can just beat her. Unagi can simply win and not have to go fifty-fifty with Mina Shirakawa. Like Unagi could simply win. In fact, now I think about it, uh, the part of that um, shoot interview that nobody talks about. Was at the end, Mina says that um, one match can't dictate whether one is better than the other in a faction. Like, it cannot dictate hierarchy. So I think the the, the thought process is to make them um, 50-50 in, in the end. Because everything sucks, Alex. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Everything everything is terrible. We live in a fucked up world. Um, shout out to Mao one time. Uh, it's just bad. Um, yeah, oh, I forgot to tell the finish. Um, Mina won with the Impaler DDT. I don't know if... I, I, I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Isn't it an implant I, DDT? Well, I call it Impaler because of Edge. Because, you know, Brood, let's oh. go. Yeah, it's called an Impaler. But Implant is the same thing. Yeah. Um, imp- that's actually kind of funny, even though it's not. Whatever, whatever, whatever. I didn't say that. Um, but, in fact, the, the saddest part was in this match, after Mina hit the capo kick, I was like, oh shit, Unagi has that cool-ass finisher. Maybe I could, like, maybe that'll, like, get a little, you know, like, oh, I'm excited to see that. And then she lost. Like, 
I'm I'm rocking with Unagi hate. Like it's it's like it's my favorite. Okay, not Unagi hate. Don't hate Unagi. I don't hate Unagi. But I'm rocking with Unagi fans being in pain. I'm cool with that. I enjoy that. What like really? I don't know. I don't know. This entire match just had a lot of bad juju on it. That is one way of describing it. Um yeah, that's enough on that match because uh we really don't know where it's going. And there's not much because else to Julia say. Julia has, has orange hair. That's why it's the last of that one. Julia has orange hair. It's far more important. All right. Um, yeah, so the next match on the card was the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. Uh, Julia and Siri defended against Kagama and Mayu Otani. Uh, Julia looks like an orange highlighter now. So that's um, character development, yeah. I guess. And Siri has an eye thing. And that is that is way better than being a highlighter. They made it work, I guess. They looked pretty cool with the entrance gear and the, the big visors over their face or whatever the hell that was. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Stars team came out to Mayu Butani's championship team, which is therefore made their entrance uh, superior because yep. the Mayu Butani entrance championship theme is the best thing ever and instantly makes things very great. Um, In fact, a couple of days ago... So- sorry for interrupting, but a couple of days ago... Um, I was thinking about it. I was like, man, once once Mayu comes out with that championship theme again, when like she has a really big thing, that's gonna be fucking hype. And I did it here, and I was like, wow, I, I guess I guess I guess we're here. Um, and then they lost, and I was like, well, that makes sense. Um, Julia, like, I don't know, maybe part of it was because I was watching it with with a bunch of people who are just not Julia fans. But I don't know. Like every time I say Julia is good, she then dyes her hair orange and is in the ring for ninety nine percent of a match. And it's just like it does. Like we need to get on a better schedule, Julia, because like you're good a lot of the time. But anytime I'm like, yeah, guys, she's actually good now. She dyes her hair orange. Like mm-hmm. it, it really, it really is making me look like 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 I'm crazy. Like it, like whenever like it doesn't doesn't help me. Oh, that sounds like a you problem. Um, it you've is. you've skipped over the best part, which was that um. Mayu and Kagama were introduced as Mogama, and Mayu immediately started laughing because she probably forgot that she uh, she told the announcer that was their name because she herself doesn't know they have a tag team name. So that was way better. Match, after the match, she said, "We are no longer Magma, okay, Maguma. We're not. Is that we, we, I retire that name immediately." And Kagama's like, "Damn, okay, I didn't know it was that big of a deal." <laughs> oh man, I, I, I love Mayu. Yes, Maya's great. Um, yeah, this match was really, really good, though. Uh, Julia and Siri have perfected this insanely paced tag match style. Um, and while these matches would all be superior if Julia would just GTFO and uh, please let Siri wrestle a bit more, uh, they work. So, I mean, who am I to complain? Uh, the obvious story was Kagama and Julia, based on Kagama getting that uh, roll-up win on one of the smaller shows. So her and Julia were in the ring for most of the final stretch. And to be honest, Kagama really equipped herself fairly well. Like, I don't think she's in a position where she can carry a match with a weaker opponent. But she also isn't going to drag down a match. And, you know, to keep up with Julia, Siri, and Mayu in this one is a big credit to her. And uh, she did pretty well here. Julia was great, as usual. She just, like, ran through spots and did shoot headbutts. Um, Briefly, Mayu and Siri got in, and it was amazing. Mayu was just stiffing the shit out of Siri, and then Siri yeah. got out of her. I was like, "Oh yeah, give me that," and then they didn't. So I was very upset. But um, 
yeah, no, this is a really, really good match. Like, it isn't, like, match of the night or anything. Like, I wouldn't call it that. But it was definitely a, a, another really good addition to the card. And uh, at this stage, Julia and Siri as tag champions is such a great decision. Like, they've been so good for this division. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I was not, like, I, like as I, you know, sort of alluded to, I was not as high on this match as, as Alex was. I did think it had a lot of good aspects of it. Um but I also feel like it, it did sort of fall into a sort of routine um, outside of the, the Mayu Shuri bits, which were fantastic. And outside of like the closing stretch, I felt like it did sort of fall into a certain um, repetitiveness almost. But I did think it was good because, you know, a repetitive ALK match is still a pretty okay ALK match. Um, overall, good stuff. Uh, in fact, at one point, uh, you know, I, I love, you know, pointing out spots julia hit a, a single like drop kick that was just fucking beautiful just very randomly oh, yeah. at kagma like it just looked absolutely fucking killer and i was like just do that more like that looked great like that was fucking absurdly good um and overall i like a lot of the spots in this one were really good uh i remember when when kagma went for the avalanche german and shuri just threw mayu into her and i was just like nah we ain't doing that bro um it, it was a good match I can't get over the fact that Julia has bright orange hair. Like, she could have just left it bleach blonde. And I'm very upset she didn't. Because, like, just steal something from Kandori, please, people. Like, please. <laughs> like, something. Like, why isn't, like, man, she's so good. And she was just so cool. Just, I mean, you already stole the fucking dangerous queen bit. From fucking Hokuto, just steal from Kandori. That's they literally go together in the eyes of you know modern wrestling fans. Even though they only had like a few matches. Besides the point, like, come on, she like she would have looked dope. She would whatever. The orange works for now, I guess. It was. I can't believe she has fucking orange hair, bro. <laughs> that was my main takeaway from this match. It was it was a good match, and Julia has orange hair. Yes. The orange hair isn't bad. It's the orange gear. I think it looks terrible. Um, the more you look at you it. You know, I usually like orange gear, but it just does Like, I don't... It, it was a lot of orange, and I was just like, I don't... This feels very lazy, almost. Like, not lazy, mm-hmm. but it just, it just didn't feel like a... I don't know. Just bring back G.I. Julia back. You know, like, uh, just go bald again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Um... In the uh, the post match, uh, Julia addressed Unagi Sayaka's challenge from earlier in the show and was like, "I'm gonna beat you up," um, and that was straight. That was basically it. Um, in the the backstage comments, uh, Mayu and Kagama were kind of taking the positive uh, effect. They were like, "Yeah, we lost, but that means we know how to get better." And then Kagama said, "Let's make a typhoon in stardom," and Iwatani was like, "That could be a tag name. We could be a hurricane." And then. Her and Mayu uh, were deciding whether they would change their tag team name to something along the lines of a typhoon or hurricane. So, yeah, <laughs> that's that's going to be a thing, maybe. I don't really know. Um, but that's that match. Yeah, I it's it's um these post match comments are always interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Man, uh, dude, Cosmic Games are all over the next like month. This sucks. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about that here. We don't. We don't we don't acknowledge the next month here, okay? We don't want to do that. Um We are going to acknowledge next month though, <laughs> when I decide to. Um 
because after the tag title match, they announced the lineup and the blocks for the five star Grand Prix 2021. Uh, so the Red Stars block is Julia, Mayu Iwatani, Momo Watanabe, Natsuko Tora, Saki Kashima, Starlight Kid, Himeka, Natsupoi, Kagama, and Mina Shirakawa. The Blue Stars block is Utami Hayashishita, Siri, Tam Nakano, Sayakamatani, Micah, Azumi, Konami, Ruaka, Unagi Sayaka, and X, who is from another promotion. Um, most of the speculation is that X will probably be Rin Katakura, just based on the fact that her and Mayu are wrestling on the July 19th Marvelous show. And it would kind of make sense for Mayu to like have a really good match with Rin and then be like, hey, like you're, you're really good. Do you want to come be in our GP? Uh, that, or it might be Meiho Suzuki or somebody. Um, it's it's definitely going to be announced on that Marvelous show. Because um, yeah. like, my, my thinking is, unless it's the random Nanai, which would be fucking uh, like that would fucking be a head trip, but uh, it's probably um, Takumi, Mei, um, Rin, or on the very, very off chance Mio, um, which I think would be like the perfect way to pad out her, her fucking wrestler of the year resume is by, you know, just doing great in the five star, but she hasn't really gotten any like connection so far to, you know, stardom. So one of those four it's definitely unless they decide to throw Hibiki in it. Um, that would be funny. I think that would be funny. I think like just like this random like crazy person that nobody in Stardom knows, and she's just like in the tournament. It's just like yeah, I'm beating people up. I think that would be funny. Um, it's not gonna happen because she's you know Sendai. But what, besides the point, um, it, it probably will be Takumi or Rin. Um, is the most likely probably Rin because Takumi's coming back mm-hmm. from injury. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh. I know you were sort of talking about how Blue Block sort of has like those, some of those like big matches. Uh, who w- obviously we're going to talk about this later, but which which block are you more excited for? Um, based on just the eyeball test, it's the Red Stars block. I think that's obviously more interesting. Um, that was with Natsuko though. It depends on who replaces Natsuko. Uh, presumably yeah. it'll be like Lady C or somebody like that, one of the the younger, one of the trainees or something. Um. But the blue stars, I think, could peak higher, if that makes sense. Like, I think red stars would be more consistent. But, I mean, the blue stars has Utami versus Shuri, Shuri versus Konami, uh, Micah versus Utami, Utami versus Saya. You know, there's a lot of cool matches the blue stars has. Yeah. And, obviously, if Takumi is X, then it's blowing it away. Like, Takumi versus Shuri, first time ever. So, like, sign me the fuck up, you know? Yeah, that's fair. I, I yeah, like... The Red Stars feels so top-heavy because it has some of the wrestlers that I'm, like, the least excited for, but also, like, you know, like, seven of the wrestlers I'm super excited for, you know what I mean? Well, not to go out, I'd say it's probably six, but, like, you know, with, with Momo in it, with fucking Jumbo in it, with, you know, like, uh, Natsupoy in it, with, like, fucking motherfucking Julia in it. Like, I'm I'm forgetting all the names as we're going, but I think, I think Blue... I'm forgetting which block I'm even fucking talking about. Jesus Christ. I think red block has a lot to it. Um, if Azumi was in it instead of like uh, Saki, I think that would, I think I don't, I don't even know if I'd watch a lot of the blue block matches outside of the big matches. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think, I think blue block has a chance to take over um, and, and be a real sleeper, sleeper block. I know the people I was talking, I was talking to were big on the blue block, blue, blue block. Jesus fuck! <laughs> they were they were very All high on, on that one. The blue, blue stars, stars block. Is easier to say. Yeah, BSB. Um, the blue stars was definitely 
a bigger crowd favorite from the people I was talking to. But overall, I'm really excited for the red block. It also fucks up my idea that it was going to be Momo versus Julia in the final. Momo is just nowhere near the fucking final, I see. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, um, I don't want to like do this now because uh, we will obviously have an episode based on the GP, but Julia and Siri is probably the final, right? Like they're in different blocks. Yeah. 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 It's definitely the final, I think, about it. Mm-hmm. Um, right, well, that's that. Um, we will obviously talk more in depth about the the GP. Uh, we'll probably have a special episode with a special guest uh, later this month, but that is the lineup. Um, I'm glad that they announced it here because it just added a nice little bit of excitement to a show that uh, otherwise would have been a bit somber um, based on just the, the main event. But back to the action um the next match on this show was the wonder of stardom title match when tam nakano beat saya kamatani to defend her title and uh break the streak of cinderella tournaments winning the the white belt i feel like you're either gonna love this match or hate this match based on how you feel about tam and her big match style to me i love these matches they're so intense they're so aggressive they're very stiff like they just sorry uh they just slap the shit out of each other and do big moves, um, but they always kind of confine it to a story some somehow. Like it's it's all the good spots and stiff shit that you want, but it's also carried by an emotional through line that you can clearly understand. Um, and to me, that just makes for an, an amazing match. Like I really really loved this, but I can definitely see how other people might be unhappy. And there were elements that I didn't like. I thought Saya. Some of her big moments where she was meant to like slap Tam back and show fire, uh, her slaps didn't really sound or look that good, which kind of detracted from her fiery comebacks. Um, and also, they didn't need to do that Star Crusher kickout spot. I get that the Star Crusher is like Saya's B finisher, but I feel like you should still protect it and maybe save that for bigger matches. Um, this is only the second time it's been kicked out of. Yeah, but like if you're gonna do that in every big match to set up Phoenix Splash, it kind of becomes a bit predictable, you know. No, I feel you. Um, um but yeah, I, I I'll just finish up. Like I, I really liked it. You know, Tan's matches, I never even noticed them go over twenty minutes. Like this is twenty two minutes, and I never wouldn't have even realized because they're just so entertaining to me, and I'm really loving them. And uh, I hope her reign can continue and her streak of good matches keeps going. This was the first, um, like, I, yeah, this one's kind of fell flat for me. Um, and I am typically a, a decent fan of, of the Tam, of the big match Tam style, um, at least recently. I felt like her and Nats point was incredible. Um, I don't know what it was about this match. I feel like, ironically, um, Saya does infinitely better in the, in the red belt style than the white belt style. I think that was probably the biggest aspect of this even though a lot of people were a bigger fan of this than they were of the utami saya match um and overall just like are more high on saya now than they were during that build up for that one i feel like and considering that saya is like you know an actress you know i mean she's not an actress but she's like you know an, an emotional wrestler you would expect that this to be like one of like her her fucking like zone and i just didn't feel like it was that um she did try to do the abushi sleeper agent spot and it was it was not good i'm gonna be quite honest with it um she you know where she is sort of like after she gets hit 
one too many times she's like shuts down and starts beating the shit out of someone it just didn't really hit very well it didn't hit as well as you know abushi's does which can't really expect it to because it's literally like what abushi does now like that's his that's his spot like his his own like his that's his one spot so you can't really expect her to like do it as good as him but like you said she kind of whiffed on all of the slaps for the most part near the end they did definitely you know like her slapping the shit out of her definitely became more like it worked better but a lot of it i just did not get a lot out of honestly it was it was a good match like i recognize that i just didn't really uh take a lot out of it it felt like it was like a worse version of the last two tam matches i was watching you know what i mean and i don't think i don't think it's i don't think it's even like a a saya issue i think it might have just been like a mixture of like i didn't i don't know what it was honestly i don't know i don't think it was Saya's fault because i think saya has the ability and the you know consistency even that this was probably this probably fell below her mark for me but i don't think it was her fault and i don't think it was tam's fault either i don't, I don't know I, I just think it didn't click with me possibly yeah, I've seen a few people say that, and I can kind of understand why. Um, and I feel like eventually I will probably feel the same, because eventually Tam will have an opponent where all of this aggressive, intense stuff just kind of feels forced. Um, and if you feel that way about this match with Saya, then I could totally understand that. Um, but I don't know, just to me, like right now, I just really enjoy them. I think they're so different from the other stuff that is on the Stardom shows that I just enjoy them a lot more. Because there's nobody else on the card who's just like, right, we're gonna we're just gonna beat each other up here. We're gonna slap the shit out of each other. It's gonna be great, you know. Um, yeah, I can definitely see eventually it might run thin. Um, but you know, okay. to me, I just really enjoyed this. But I can't blame anybody who didn't, because I mean, it's definitely a, a your mileage may vary kind of thing. I don't think it's on either of them. I just think if you just don't like what they're going for, then it's hard to really enjoy it on the level I did. I think, um, and this sort of ties into the aftermatch that we got to talk about, but I think that when she faces Mayu in one of these matches, I think that will be the, the peak of, of the Tam style. I think that'll, that'll probably, like, I, like, I feel like the Julia matches, some were very hit and hit or miss. The, the last one was pretty solid. Um, but other than that, they were pretty hit or miss. I think that, um, what they wanted out of the Julia matches um tam will be able to do against mayu um in a in a you know long form uh white belt match i think that that'll probably be tam's best match um when it comes and i'm excited for that but before we get there kid might simply take the belt because of reasons so that that might be insane oh kid's not winning this belt but um i i would not be surprised if kid won the belt because think about it she is challenged she like everybody talks about jungle kiona having so many um challenge like unsuccessful challenges starlight kid has like four more unsuccessful challenges than jungle does like she lo she loses every single title match she like she just she's challenged for the white belt like what four or five times she's challenged for the high speed belt like seven times like she just loses a lot she has to win something eventually and her winning a belt during her time in a way tie no matter how like depending on if it's you know for years or if it's like for six months i think that that would probably be best is if Starlight could won the belt. Does she win it from Tam or does she win it from Mayu? Is the question for me. I'll win it from Tam. <laughs> like, there's no chance she's beating Tam. That's all I'm all I can say. Um, 
yeah, as you kind of alluded to there, uh, Starlight Kid made herself known as the next challenger for Tam. Um, the way I see it is that uh, they can't do the Kid versus Poi high-speed match in Hokkaido, so they were like, shit, we need a match. And so they're doing Nakano versus Kid in Hokkaido instead because they have a big match on each of those Hokkaido shows uh, that are later this month. Um, and with Poi not back yet, they needed another title match, so they decided to run with this because Kid can lose and it's a nice win for Nakano. Um, but yeah, I don't think she's uh, she's winning. But, um, oh yeah, Tam, um, Tam Starlight Kid say much uh, in the post match. Yeah, like it was very so... much just like, yeah, I, I won, I'm strong. Um, she kind of tried to show respect to Saya, and Saya was like, no, fuck off. Um, oh my god, I love that, yeah. dude, dude, it was so great. So yeah, so Tam like looks like talking, then she goes to shake Saya's hand. Saya just looks at her, looks at her hand. And then, like, out of, like, literally out of anger that she would even, like, attempt to do that, she just shakes her head and collapses. And I was like, oh, that was, that was intense right there. That, that's, that was acting, you know, like, that was, it was great. Um, and I love that part. And then Kid comes out, she does that, the challenge. She doesn't use, use proper language anymore. Like, she uses slang language now. Um, so, so yeah, Darren couldn't translate it because she was just saying a bunch of like bullshit. <laughs> so that's, that's sort of <laughs> funny because Kid has always been very polite in her, like how she would talk, even though she was also, also kind of an asshole. Um, she would always use it in the proper fashion. She just stopped doing that because of Wade Otai. So uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Fair enough. Um, yeah, Nakano uh, threw in a little uh, jab at Starlight Kid. She was like, uh, "Kid, you couldn't protect stars when you were with Mayu." Um, and I'm gonna, so I'm, I'm, I, I see why you went to Awedotai. So she basically just called her uh, a choker, basically, or a bitch, uh, which is she, very yeah, interesting. Which is true. I mean, it's, it's she's not lying. Um, it's yeah, also... I mean, Kid literally lost the match to yeah. be put in Awedotai. So yeah. yeah, I mean. She also I'm, lost I'm the match earlier. Like she, like kid, just loses. Um, she loses, or she isn't even allowed to challenge because the champion says, "Dude, you're a loser." Um, which is what happened with Natsupoi. Even though Natsupoi's out in the first place, Natsupoi's like, "Dude, you suck. You can't challenge me. I'm not allowing it because you suck." And and she just hasn't been able to challenge now. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't know where where kid goes from here because she just. She's probably just gonna keep losing. Um, I don't really see her and any member of Oedo Tai being like a a fitable team. Excuse me, mm. excuse me, a formidable team. Because I would think, um, for this type of storyline, they'd want to strap up Kid, um, with a belt. Um, maybe they run Queen's Quest versus um Oedo Tai, and Queen's Quest just sort of uh, is a um transitional, so that Oedo Tai gets the belts considering they've challenged Cosmic Angels like three or four times and they've lost all of them. So I don't think they want to run that back again. Um, so that, that might be the, the end goal is like after five star is a way to tie getting the artist belts. But well, kid, doesn't need belts though. You, I think kid needs belts. You're running off this I think, idea I think, that kid... I think no, kid... I don't think I think so. kid needs a belt. I don't think a way to tie needs belts. I think kid needs a belt to no. prove that... like Because the entire point was that like a way to tie was like, hey, you do better here. And if she just loses all of her matches, then she's not doing any better here. Like, I think that's the that's the sole... Like, I understand and I agree with you that I don't think Oedotai in general needs a belt, but 
Starlight Kid to like put proof in the pudding of her transformation needs a belt. And then when she loses it, then she could just not have a belt. But I think she needs to win something. Like it can't just be like, oh, I won this one match in the five stars. See, I I, I can win if I'm in a way to tie. It's like, no, because you could have done that in stars too. Like you need something that like proves that you are better than you were in stars. And I think that her winning even just the SWA belt or some shit, probably the high speed belt down the line, she she needs a belt. Because without it, it just doesn't, um, it doesn't put her her beliefs into fruition, um, in my opinion. Okay, but we're just about to the GP. Why can't she just get more points in the GP than she did last year? And you're fine. Same end goal. I just have her win four or five matches in the GP, finish runner up in the block or in the middle of the block, and you've elevated her. Like you're fine. I don't think she necessarily needs a belt when you have. A tournament coming up that you can use the elevator instead. Yeah, but I I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like it just is. I'm a big belt guy. You know this. I'm I'm a big fan of of championships. I think they can be very useful um in good points. And I feel like if they don't put a belt on kid, they're sort of like they're not they're not using the belt because like why does Natsupoi need the high speed belt? She doesn't. I think Kid needs it more than Natsupoi does, even though Natsupoi just got it and like barely let anybody challenge for it. Besides the point, like I think this would be her first fight. But still, like I think I think that Starlight Kid winning any belt that she hasn't won before would be a smart decision while she's in a Oedo tie. Again, this is this is operating off the idea that Kid is not going to be in a Oedo tie forever. Um, obviously Oedo tie is not going to live forever, but she's not going to be in a Oedo tie for you know, come. Like this time, like next year, even I don't think that she'll still be in a Wado tie. So basing off that, I think that she needs a belt in this early stages to put more proof in the pudding than just a slightly successful, um, fucking five star run. That's just my opinion. I know that you're a bit more like you about it, but that that's just that's just how I'm thinking. Is that she could definitely use like a belt, um, to proof that she is is better in a Wado tie. I guess? I don't know. I feel like there's other ways to do it. I feel like just her showing up and uh, looking confident and uh, being important to the storylines would, would almost do the job. Um, See, this this comes based off of the fact that you don't think wins matter. And I get that. But I think that it would be smart. I don't know. But I mean, the perception is what I'm thinking. Like, I don't like you could win matches, or you can just have her be important and look cool and be confident and and be a leader or whatever in her group. And I think you'd almost achieve the same goal without having her win one of the undercard belts. Because like, I just feel like if you present her as a big deal and follow through with it, you should be fine. If she has a decent GP as well, but I don't know. I'm not opposed to her winning a belt. Like I. I'd I'd have probably have her take the high speed belt off uh, Poi because why not? Like Poi has had it for a while, uh, things haven't worked out. She's only been able to have one defense due to first Saki being injured and then her being injured. Um, well, she's defended it twice. I forgot, but you know what I mean. Like the injuries and stuff have really messed with Poi's reign. So I mean, yeah, why not just put it on Kid? Like I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think she like 100% needs to win a belt or the story isn't done properly. I just think you can do it other ways. Um, without having to hotshot the artist belts or something like that. But um, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. God knows what their plans were for Kid before Tor's injury, and who knows what they are now. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, 
the next match was the main event, which we uh, talked about at the beginning. Um, so we won't go over that again. But that is the entire Yokohama Cinderella 2021 in summer card. Uh, we had we did a lot more talking than I thought we would <laughs> about yeah. this show. Um, but you know, I thought I, I feel like overall a lot of people will probably be a bit down on the show, but I think I I quite enjoyed it. I mean. I liked the tag title match. I liked the uh, Momoa's tag. I really, really enjoyed Tam versus Saya. The GP announcements had me very excited. So, like to me, outside of the the show ending on a sour note, this is a very exciting show um, that I thought more than lived up to being, you know, the follow up to Tokyo Dream Cinderella with the you know the five point five star match and all that sort of stuff. Um, I don't know if other people share that sentiment, but I mean, I had a good time and I enjoyed the show uh, despite what happened in, in the main event and everything surrounding that. Uh, I, as I said, I probably have a less uh, favorable opinion of this. Um, I'm looking back to see if this was my least favorite pay-per-view because it might have been. Um, I'm not sure. Let me, let me check. Uh, da, 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 where are my notes for the Sendai show? Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Where are my notes? Cinderella, yeah, this is Cinderella, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, no, this one was bad. <laughs> yeah, that was this, not good. Was this better or worse than uh, the Eddie on Osaka Arena show? I, I I looked back at the, the Osaka one, and I actually thought the Osaka one was okay. Because, um, I mean, like, hold on, I know this is, I know we're, we're already uh, doing a lot, but the Osaka one, had um Ida winning the belt um it had a little big it had a concussion bomb um fucking so that that is uh, it had Azumi versus May which was one of my favorite matches last year um and then Momo versus Utami which is also one of my favorite matches last year so the Sendai show um the Sendai Cinderella show at better than at least the Sendai show so it's not the worst pay-per-view um it, like I, I told you, it was probably one of the most like middle of the road ones because the Sendai one I specifically did not like, um, mm-hmm. and the Osaka one was very high highs and very low lows. This one was just across the board fine. Um, it like the the ALK match was was you know a good match. The you know Tamrizaya was a good match, um, but nothing really stood out positively and nothing really stood out negatively. It was just all existent um so i think that was sort of my takeaway from it um i didn't take a lot away from it i think that there was definitely high spots and you know i'm i'm i am excited for the five star i think that there will be good good stuff but i think not having um natsupoy and jumbo there you know the the main event obviously going the way it did um the 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 stars not really having a lot to them um so it, it sort of like I don't know. There, there are a lot of things that just sort of like made this a very normal show for me. Um, and like you said, it wasn't a bad show, and I don't think it was a bad show by any means. It was just definitely a middle of the road uh, pay per view that I hope doesn't become like the norm where it's just like they have, you know, oh yeah, this match was. I think, I think I'm being a bit harsh on it. If Utami Natsuko went went the full way and it didn't end the way it did, it probably would have ended up uh, a better than decent show. But I think just um, fate had it that was just not my show to enjoy, I suppose. 
Fair enough, yeah. I mean, I've, I definitely feel like people have been all over the place with their opinions on this one. Like, some people just didn't like it, uh, this show. Um, other people did. Um, to me, I just, I don't know, I enjoyed it. Um, what can I say? But, you know, that's the beauty of uh, opinions, I guess, is that you can have a wrong one, and I, I can't, I'm not allowed to be mean about it. <laughs> um, I don't think you picked that up at all. That, that just went way over your head, which is good. Um, no, I'm, I, I, I got it. I got it. But I just, oh, just I no-sold it. it. I no-sold it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Harsh, harsh. You just, yeah. We don't sell around these parts, brother. Sandbagging me here. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was our, our Yokohama Dream Cinderella 2021 in summer uh, review. Uh, we will be back in probably I mean two no days time. Oh, God. Seeing at the end this time, folks. This is bonus content. Yeah. You guys have to stay to the end. Uh, the it turns out, it turns out that the the chocolate chips were like in the dead middle and they weren't like showing. So I'm just like, oh, there are extra chocolate chips, and it's pretty cool. It's good. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, we'll be back in a day or two. Uh, with um, the other show, our normal show. Yeah. Yes, where we preview mm. stuff. We talk about how desperate the uh the lineups are for some of these stardom shows. And yeah, we will be also have VTG. Uh, I don't know when we'll talk. Me and Dylan will talk about that after. But it's going to be an FMW Joshi special uh, based on 1991 Ooh. and FMW. So you know, if you want to hear about the goodness of Bugumi Kudo and Combat Toyota, um, I don't think the Reggie Bennett matches could be found, which is horrifying because Reggie Bennett fucking rocks. Um, yeah. And yeah. That will close the show because we've been talking for long enough. Um, this is like an hour and a half already. So if you want to stand, you may stand. If you want to sit, you may sit. Believe today, shine tomorrow. You decide what you believe in. Ijo. Ijo. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.